Hey, I get it. You feel stuck, uninspired at work, and you want to live a more purpose-filled life. At minimum, a more creative one. I understand. I felt the exact same way a few years ago. There was even a time where I felt lost, hopeless, and fell into a depression. All because at my core, just like you, I knew I was meant for more. There was fear, overwhelm of not even knowing where to start. I even wondered if it was just too late for me. That's why I decided to create God is Transcending 28 Days to Transformation and Clarity, a course for women of color who want to start to get unstuck and start living their dreams. And to help you get started before the course launches later on this month, I've created a quick three-day challenge to getting unstuck. To learn more and sign up, simply go to the links in the show notes. If you have questions, you can make sure and email me or send me a message on Instagram at Amiga Printer. Now, on to the show. My name is Jacqueline, and I am the host of Amiga Printer Podcast, a podcast that highlights women of color who are entrepreneurs and creatives. We focus on life transition and transformation from that place of feeling stuck to taking action on your dreams. Today's guest is Linda Garcia of Let There Be Loose. When I tell you each episode is just getting better and better, I definitely mean it. I listened to this episode over and over whenever I felt disconnected, I had doubt, fear, and I felt like I was losing my connection with source and my divine power. Whenever we decide to live our purpose and launch something new, like I'm getting ready to do with this course, you know, we just get filled with joy and excitement. But with that comes fear and resistance, and of course, that's all part of the process. And this episode really helped me to just get realigned. We talk about the power in our moon cycles, manifesting as people of color, motherhood and forgiveness, what Luz thinks being a powerful woman means, feminine energy, listening to our desires, and of course, much, much more. I really enjoyed our beautiful conversation, and I know you will too. Oh, let me see. When was there not? <laughs> really? Um, I've always been a product of change consistently. As little as I can remember, I have been transitioning and evolving. I think that that is what has really made me what I am today that I'm very open to constantly evolving. I never hold on to a perspective. I never hold on to a belief, no matter how positive it may be at the moment of me experiencing the perception or me experiencing the belief, no matter how good it serves me, I never hold on to that as truth as the end all be all. I'm always constantly willing to let it go in order to evolve. I understand that I feel myself as like a little tiny snowball. And I understand that in order to keep expanding, I have to keep rolling and keep moving. And that's the only way I can transition and become greater than what I am. And so I have gone through endless moments of change endless moments of transition. I mean, listen, from, I stopped living with my parents when I was 13 years old. Um, I was in gangs. I was, I had my daughter when I was 14 years old. I lived with a high school teacher. I 
I mean, I became a mother again to a baby at 36 years old. I changed careers so many times. I used to sell furniture. I used to make soccer trophies. I used to sell airtime. I used to produce and direct commercials. I used to be a publicist. I used to be in marketing. I used to launch content on Netflix. I mean, I used to be a waitress. <laughs> I'm constantly transitioning. It's my comfort zone. It's where I am, I am the most comfortable. And can you walk us back to that moment the first time and maybe even at 13? How did you get comfortable being uncomfortable and going through that transition? And if you can kind of talk to us about your process, right? Because for a lot of people, that brings up anxiety. That brings out doubt and question in who they are or where they're going. And a lot of the times it also brings up um, past trauma for people. You know, when there is no certainty, there is no stability, and you really don't know what's next. So yeah, if you could just kind of walk us through that process and how you got comfortable in that. I think, I mean, I have to say that I think it started even so when I was a lot younger than 13, necessarily. I was kind of a child that was really comfortable playing by herself. But I have to admit that in me playing by myself and exploring by myself, um, there was a lot of people that were attracted to me. So like kids might have been um, uh, like wanting to play with me, but I was always a very introverted extrovert. So I found comfort in climbing trees. I didn't have friends that also liked climbing trees. I mean, I had a group of people that would stand around the tree and watch to see how far I would climb up the tree. And when I say like trees, I really mean that I would put myself in very dangerous positions where I was climbing trees higher than two buildings tall. Um, I spent a lot of time playing by a river down the across the street from our home and kids would follow me to the river to go see what I was doing. I would go hiking up a pretty steep mountain when I was really little by myself. Um, so, I, and you know, and I totally want to hold the space and acknowledge that instability can really make people uncomfortable. I completely understand that. I do believe in um, like each one of us has a particular mission. And I do think that I was that part of my mission includes speaking to women and making them feel comfortable during transitions, most especially in moments where you are in the most darkness. Like when you are facing darkness, when you're not sure of what's going to happen tomorrow, when you don't know how you're going to pay rent and rent was due three days ago. So you're already pushing onto the third day where you're about to get hit with, you know, a, a fee on top of, already being late the anxiety of all of that i completely understand it i've lived through it i've been, i've embodied that fully but that for me is when god shows up the most powerful that for me is when you're closer to god that or source 
or Jesus or whatever it is that you believe that's bigger than you, that's when you are closer to that energy. And I think that's why I've always been such a big risk taker because it allows for me to really embody that moment and know that nothing is sustaining me in the physical realm, that everything that is sustaining me is made from pure source, meaning I don't need to see the layout of tomorrow. I don't need to see the money. I don't need to see the apartment. I don't need to see the car. I don't need to see any of those things for tomorrow. I just know that I'm fully supported by God. And how do you get comfortable in that knowing? So this is more of a a two-part question. There are people that from a certain standpoint, sometimes you have to take responsibility that you are causing certain things in your life, right? Maybe there is self-sabotage from you or you haven't really owned who you are yet and there is no action being taken by you. So Mm -hmm. things are are happening, right? Maybe, yes, you've gotten to the point where you haven't paid the rent, but then there's eviction. Then you got kicked out and then it just keeps getting worse and you're thinking, okay, well, where is this source? Where is this God? Where is this? Because this just keeps getting worse. So what is the difference between life trying to show you something, kind of like trying to maneuver you so that you can get to yourself and find what it is for you and kind of grow you? And what other part is you calling and manifesting these things into your life? Like, what do you see yeah. difference in that? Sure. Well, I think one of the things that we don't understand is that when we call in to manifest something greater in our lives, that moment when we're trying to manifest a better job, um, something that is much more steady, maybe consistency, a car, whatever it is that we're trying to manifest in that moment, if you have blockages, if you have traumas, if you have cyclical patterns that you have not healed, what you're really doing is you're calling on those patterns to show themselves. You're not going to be able to manifest into greatness, the greatness that you know you have the capacity to to fill space in until you clear those cyclical patterns. So at the same time, when you're trying to manifest um, something greater, you're actually calling on those patterns to show themselves up. That's what people don't understand. And that I think that's what's so important, especially in spaces of women of color, that we really understand what manifesting means. Because most of the people that have been powerful manifestors, great manifestors, are white people that have not experienced the same level of trauma that we have experienced as immigrant children, um, as people of color. We are having to remove and identify different barriers that our white counterparts don't necessarily have to face. And so when we're constantly reading books on manifestation that are coming from white people, there is a level that is missing. That level that is missing is a level that we need to begin to identify ourselves. And so when we are calling on manifesting something, that is when those cyclical patterns show up because we have to heal those first before we can step into um, the, the next level of power that we're trying to move into. I'm glad that you brought that up because I just had a woman, um, my last guest actually spoke a lot about that, about manifesting and the difference, right? And how um, she even brought up like, it's not Gwyneth Paltrow or like, you know, she went into that. But talk to us about, okay, you've hit that space, 
right? Where these things are coming up and you're reading about manifesting and you're like, wow, it sounds simple, right? And it is coming from your white counterparts. And then some people of color have now started to talk about that a little bit more. So we're seeing more people in that space, but for people of color, it's different. So you're in that space of anxiety, you're wanting to grow and these things are coming up and you're not finding it as easy, I guess, right? Um, as you think it's supposed to be or as effortless. So talk about, okay, you're in that place, you're anxious, you're wanting more, you're wanting to grow. How do you know, can you give us an example of a pattern that's coming up and how do you begin to clear that? Sure. Well, um, it really, I guess I, I could definitely coach through individual patterns that come up because there's so many different patterns, depending on if you were a victim of, you know, abuse, if you don't feel you're worthy, if you don't feel you're deserving of what you're actually trying to manifest, if there's still a part of you that doesn't believe, then that's the part of you that you need to work on the most. So that's probably one of the most common patterns that comes up when you're trying to manifest is there's a part of you that there's a, the knowing, the knowing for me is like God, it's like source. It's the part that's telling you, you do deserve this. You're supposed to live in this expansion, that car that that you want, that house that you want, you deserve it and you can achieve it. But there's an even stronger part might be smaller, but just because it's smaller, that doesn't take away from how powerful it is. There might be a smaller part of you that still believes that you don't deserve this car that might, um, promote some guilt when you start to move into that direction of achieving something where you feel guilty that maybe your cousin or your sister or your mom or your dad weren't able to achieve these things. And so you begin to self-sabotage. And so it's, there's no, I wish I could say like one sentence that can break us through that, but it's, it's what we call the work. The work has to be done day in and day out. It's not easy. It's not pretty. It's every time these patterns come up, it's, it's, uh, it could be, it could look like journaling. It could look like speaking to your higher entities. It could look like doing affirmations. It could look like going to therapy. Um, it, healing modalities can come in so many different forms. And so it's just really just healing that particular pattern. And you talked about um, these levels that are missing. So first, I want to kind of reiterate what you said, right? It's, it's not so much um, that you can just say, oh, when those patterns come up, this is, this is what you do, and then you get on to the next. It's a very individual, and you talked about having to do the work and also obviously finding those tools that work for you. Um, and definitely, I guess maybe going to someone like you, is that something that you would recommend talking to, to someone like you, to a therapist? Um, where can someone go when, it, when it's just not like journaling is not enough, they may need like outside help for that? Sure. Well, one of my favorite things to give as, as advice basically because it's not only worked for me, but it's worked for a lot of the listeners on my podcast is the foundation of my podcast is called the Moon Cycle Series. The Moon Cycle Series is a series where I teach women about the power of menstruation and how that power of menstruation aligns with the moon. In ancient teachings that were, I guess you could say, were buried 
by the patriarchy to make us forget about the power that happens when we're menstruating. What happens most of the time is that entire week we're angry, we're cursing, we're triggered. What we don't understand is that that particular week is the time in our lives where we are more likely to be closer to God than any other week of the month. And it's a time that is really powerful. It's a time where you can set intentions and it's a time where you can really begin to identify triggers and work through those triggers. So the moon cycle series, I teach um, a four week uh, a four week cycle that we go through. There's four different cycles and how you can use those cycles to help propel you into becoming closer to yourself, learning how to talk to your intuition, and learning to apply these tools in every area of your life. Because what we don't understand is that as a household, we go through these four cycles. This energy is so powerful. Like we're mainly made up of water. The moon controls, you know, the water, it controls the tide. And I think it's really almost you know, I mean, it's, it's almost impossible to think that the moon is not affecting us as well. And so for me, that was a very interesting teaching that completely changed my life. I practiced the teaching for nine months consistently day in and day out before I spoke about it. And then I began to speak about it and teach other women how to use these tools. Mm -hmm. I found it really powerful and I found it as a good first step resource to, um, to begin working on self as a, as a really great tool that really all you need to know is understand your calendar, understand your own cycle and what you go through. And if women don't menstruate, if they have any menstruation issues, what I always recommend is to follow the cycle of the moon. And so all of that information is in the beginning of my, of my podcast. Hmm. I'm going to just take it back really fast, but that was fascinating. And I have always, and I have read about that before, um, about following the moon and our menstruations and all that, but I'm so happy that you delved into that a little bit more. So I definitely learned something. You talked about levels missing when it comes to manifestation. Can you talk a little bit about that as far as when it comes to people of color and what we should look out for? Sure. So I think that one of my beliefs is that because we came for me personally, my parents immigrated here from Mexico. Um, they were undocumented. And so the resources that we had were very limited. So we grew up with heavy sense of lack mentality. And even as we began to progress in this country, as my parents began to excel, it always still felt like there wasn't room for everyone. Like we were, had to be the only Latino or Latina that was, you know, the token of the company. It always felt like we were fighting for very limited resources. And so I think one of the first barriers that we face is identifying the lack mentality and how strong of a grip it has on our life and the way we behave. The, the idea that there's a pie and there's a pie that's enough for everybody. There's enough for everybody. Even that idea, which is a step up from the lack mentality, still rooted in the lack mentality. It is still rooted in the lack mentality because it 
feeds the idea that everything you need is outside of you and you have to go out and get it. You, you know, we sometimes, especially for us as immigrant children, sometimes all our parents want us to do is to work for a great company to make a consistent paycheck and get benefits and all of that stuff. That is still rooted in the black mentality in the idea that the only way you can make money is to get paid by someone else. And the only way you can make great money is to get paid by someone else. And the only way you can have stability is to work for a great company that can provide you stability through their benefits, through whatever it is they have to offer. But what we fail to understand is that those great companies were concepts and ideas that came from a single human being that thought of something that then put together a team that executed the business, that made the model, that created all of this money. And we ourselves have the capacity to do exactly that. Every human being on this planet has the capacity to be as intelligent, to be as a visionary as Steve Jobs or Reed Hastings or any Walt Disney or any of the greats. But we're taught that we have to work for those people to contribute to their dream instead of tapping into our own resources, our own personal source, our own well of creativity and creating our own companies. We're watching now that Latinas are excelling as entrepreneurs and I believe it's part of breaking the idea of I have to go work for something else. Unfortunately, a lot of that inspiration is stemmed from, you know, being laid off or we have to really place ourselves in um, a situation that brought us into a really bad place in order to excel that. And the goal is to not raise our kids in the idea of you have to lose everything in order to gain everything. The idea is to set up our kids to understand that they don't necessarily have to be in a negative vibration to explode, that they can do it from the vibration where they are currently living in. Because some of the listeners are people that are wanting, that that are feeling this vibration, like this energy call to entrepreneurship, to creative, even if it's just like a side hustle, even if they just create something like a blog or, or just even getting creative with themselves, even in their own space, without thinking like, well, I have to stay at this job, right? And then something happens where it pushes them, like they just can't take it anymore. And then it starts affecting their family or something. How do you start that even before it gets to that point? When you're not, you didn't grow up as children knowing these things. Sure. I mean, I, I honestly have to take it back for me to a really easy, accessible tool to the Moon Cycle series and really understanding what your intuition is and what source is within you. Understanding and developing that because I wish I could have like a really easy answer to this, but because there's not just the layer of lack and there's not just the layer of being like immigrant children, there's there's even deeper layers that we know of that is religion, basically anything that is fear-based. And I know that this could be triggering for some people to hear. Um, I just ask for space in my personal perspective on this, that there's a lot of layers of fear that we're trying to break through. So there isn't one easy or one 
like una receta. There isn't a prescription I can give out to general, like to everyone in general. I think it's really understanding that you have a specific DNA. You have a specific mission that you came to this earth to accomplish. Nobody else on this earth can accomplish or try to take your mission. Even if they try to take your mission, they won't execute it as successfully as you can because they have a personal mission that they're bypassing that could potentially lead them to be their greatest person. And so no one can take anything away from you. It's a personal mission that you have that only you can find. You can't be dependent on my personal experience. You can't be dependent on your sister's personal experience, your mother's or your father's. You have to really lead the healer's journey. The It's almost like if anyone's read the book, The Alchemist on um, the little boy Santiago, where he goes and finds his treasure. It is such, the first thing is understanding that it is such a, individual journey that you have to go and seek for yourself and that your treasure is your internal voice. It's the voice of God that speaks through you, not from anyone outside of you. It's the idea of stop seeking answers outside of you and start looking internally to find those answers. It sounds very much like understanding your power and I, I definitely understand when you talk about um, that space when it comes to fear when I was doing my own journey I a lot of things when I finally sat down and and really started taking it even even after going really finally deciding to go to therapy and then sitting down with myself right understanding that therapy was just a guide and sitting down with myself and holding that space for myself, understanding, okay, this is my upbringing because there was domestic violence or there was addiction or these things happen. And then that other layer, just like you said, when it comes to religion and what religion brought into my life and kind of fed into that in the fear. So there is that layer of kind of getting, it's not for me, and I know not even for you, it's not rooted on, on judgment, right? Like the church did this or my parents did this. It has nothing to do with that. It's more of, a, of having a, an overview, right, of your life and understanding, okay, these are the things that happened in my life and maybe these are the things that affected me in some way. And, and there is no blame in it. It's just more of an understanding. Um, and at least that's what I'm getting or at least I've gotten that from my own experience after um, forgiving my parents a long time ago and, and getting understanding that when I went to church, what it did give me and what it didn't, what did, it didn't bring to me. Right. Um, so my question, I guess, for you is also you sound like a very powerful woman. And I think for me, I am so grateful that I've started to put myself in a position to start attracting um, and being attracted to more women like you. Um, what does it mean to you, right, Linda? Like, what does it mean to you to be a powerful woman? Yeah, for me personally, it means that I am not the victim. Yes, I have been in situations where I could easily put myself in the space of the victim. I've been affected by all types of abuse on every single level. I'm not going to use the words because it's not necessary, but almost every level that you can think of how someone can be abused and at age range from when I was very little until I was in my mid-20s. 
And I really believed that I was a victim. And what, what I began to attract was more and more of the universe confirming that I was a victim because that's what I believed. And so for me, it was understanding that I had attracted every situation that came into my life. And I took responsibility of those situations. And the moment I began to take responsibility and the moment I began to understand that I am not the victim and I am actually a self-perpetrator, I've actually put myself in these situations and not learned from lessons and not spoken up and all of these things that can really be controversial for some people to even begin to speak of that I feel that usually when it is controversial, it's because there's still a lot of healing that takes place that needs to take place in that person's from that person's perspective. But once you rise above that and you began to under, you begin to understand that there's so much power in moving away from the victim mentality and beginning to attract life experiences that don't have to be rooted in darkness, your entire life begins to shift. And you stand in that power so tall and so wide and so bright that there's not one person that that can come with their victim mentality to try to bring you back down into that space. And it's a space that I hold and stand in firmly, strongly, widely, and brightly because I've already been there and I understand what it's like to move through those, um, to move through that darkness and move into a space of power. And I think for me, it was just understanding that um, I am not a victim. Was there one particular like event for you or was it just a collection? Or is there one point that you just kind of got tired? I, I guess for me, something that just like recently happened, I, I hurt my back, you know, a while back. And I understood that what was happening in my back wasn't really like an injury or something that I did, but it was more emotional and things that I was holding on to and I just wasn't releasing. And now getting more in touch with that that I understand that I pay attention to myself more, I'm more aware. And then also what I'm saying to myself that I continuously would say, Oh my God, I got injured. Oh my God, my back hurts. Oh, you know, like I would just in my head would say that a lot and I wouldn't move past it. And I felt like things weren't healing even after going to the doctor. But once I started switching my mindset, like, Oh, I'm feeling better. Even when I wasn't, Oh, I'm feeling better. Oh my God, I feel a million times better. Oh my God, I feel a million times better today. You know, and focusing on that, then my body, I feel like I allowed it to heal. Like I allowed it and I started telling it, hey, I trust you and I'm paying attention to you. So I'm going to let you do your thing. And then things started to get better. Are they perfect? No. Is everything right as it should be? No. But I noticed that there was like a shift once I started saying things even before I believed them. So was there like a point for you um, that you just started like either doing like something in your mind or the way you were feeling? What was that one thing that you started that then eventually kind of led to bigger things? There was definitely one very specific situation. This is such a great question and it is such a great question. It's currently being held captive by WordPress. I'm being sponsored by WordPress and We All Grow Latina to share this very same exact moment. I'm going to be talking about this moment at um, Storytellers that We All Grow this year. I will have that story to share um, on my YouTube channel because it was such a big in your face, oh my gosh, this is me. I'm creating this experience. This has nothing to do with that person that did this to me and that person that, you know, I was 
such in a space where I blamed everybody. I hated groups of people. I talked shit. I was just in such a negative space where it was everyone's fault except for myself. And so there was this one moment. Um, but after that, I began to understand, after I identified it the one time, it's not to say that when it kept happening, I was like, you know, I was identifying it every second. No, it took, it took many years to get to the space to where I am today. It took a lot of practice. It's a practice consistently day in and day out to recognize how powerful I am. I'm just like super powerful, just as, just like you are super powerful and you can attract the good and you can attract the bad. And so it's this area of, um, of practice and being able to identify those and working through them as they come. Having gone through everything that you've gone, um, in her lane, when you did your panel, you talked about your relationship with your mother and stepping away from her, um, because that just was something that what you felt was the best thing to do for you. But then you also talked about you having these conversations, right? Um, whether it was through meditation or, or, I can let you describe that. And so can you talk to us about what like forgiveness and holding that space and even having those conversations in that relationship that you would like to have with an individual? Sure. So as you mentioned, I do not have a relationship with my mom. And I think that's such an important topic to talk about because some people expect for people that call themselves healers or, or are on a journey where they're experiencing extreme spirituality and are now in a space of talking to people on how they're moving through their spiritual journey and serving as instruments. You know, some, sometimes people think, oh, that person has it all together. It's perfect. It's, you know, I want to get to where they're at. But you know, like I stress, it's an individual journey and what's perfect for me might not look so perfect for anyone else. So for me specifically, I had to come to a point in my spiritual healing where I came to an understanding that the relationship with my mom was no longer serving me and that it was holding me back from fulfilling my full level of expansion it was holding me back from me being able to step in my full power and achieve all of the goals that I knew I needed to achieve in this lifetime. And when I say that, I'm not talking about anything that's material. I'm not saying like in order to get that big mansion or in order to get that fancy car, I had to like cut these people out of my life because they were holding me down. It's nothing like that. It's more of an internal peace and an internal joy that I feel is the end all be all. And when you live in that space, when you live in that power, I believe all of the material things just naturally come to you. So my mom was one of the first things that was really difficult that I really had to identify that was not serving my life in its, in its proper expansion. I am a believer that we have the ability to not only heal ourselves, but we have the ability to heal seven years of ancestors, seven generations of ancestors before us, and seven generations in front of us. So if I heal, I'm healing my great, 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 
grandchild. Um, otherwise, those children that come before me are going to be carrying my traumas and they're going to be working through them. So I understood that that was my mission. I personally feel like it was also my mom's mission to bring me into this earth and move me into the space where I would be able to heal my ancestors. And part of that was having to let go of her. And so I don't blame her for the, I mean, really negative space that we lived in together for many, many years. I don't blame her. I hold her in a space of love. And a lot of people would be like, oh my gosh, your mom, they could say a million bad things about my mom. But the truth is that I feel that we made this agreement so that I could heal and take our, our generational lineage even further. What I do in order to connect with my mom is I take the time to meet with her in a different realm. Basically, what that looks like is just closing my eyes and imagining my mom on my birthday and having a conversation with her on my birthday, giving her a hug, telling her how much I love her, thanking her for everything she sacrificed and everything she did. I have nothing but love for her at all times, in all ways, in all dimensions, even though I know that it's not good for the both of us to have a physical relationship. Can you talk to us about now you're, you have a partner, right? You, you said you had a, a little, is it a little boy or a little girl? Little boy, yes. A little boy. And how that was for you having done all the work, having been through everything that you have been through and to now you had a, a child at 14, but now you have a partner and you are both um, raising your son. So how is that for you now versus um, what it was maybe at a younger age? So at a younger age, I was definitely in a very negative space, very, very negative. I had just come out of gangs. I mean, I was doing a lot of negative gang activity, a lot of bad stuff. And, you know, there was a lot of lack, a lot of barely making it, a lot of jack-in-the-box tacos, you know, for dinner, for, you know, those were our go-to. Like, there was just a lot of lack. And so when my son Benicio came forward, he actually came to me in my dreams before he was even conceived. I really was, I thought I was never going to have a child again because the first time around was so traumatic and I felt like I could never bring another kid into my lineage. Like I could never bring another child into this life based on what my life looks like because I was so heavily in the lack mentality. As I became, as I started healing and I became more spiritually mature, my son began first to come to me via visions and very specific visions. Like he had a mohawk. And then he came to me uh, via dreams. So I actually, the labor, the birth that I gave to him, I actually dreamt it before I experienced it. And it was exactly how I dreamt it. When he was born, he had a natural mohawk that he was born with. Um, so I personally believe that my son is not necessarily my son, so to speak. I believe he's my spiritual partner. He's my soul family. And we've made a contract that when I became this spiritually mature, he would come in as a teacher, not just a teacher for me, but a greater teacher that's going to contribute to his generation. And he's already showing 
signs of being gifted and as being um, a spiritual teacher in all sense of the word. So when I bring women on, I ask them, what does feminine energy mean to you? Mm, That's such a good question. Feminine energy to me, the first word that comes up is compassion. I think that for so long we've been living under judgment and condemnation. And I think that's an interpretation of Jesus. That's an interpretation of God that is very masculine because the patriarchy has been controlling churches for so long. And I think that now we're coming into the space of the feminine divine and what we are learning is that God is not judgmental and God does not condemn. God loves and God um, is compassionate. What does it mean to you to listen to your desires and to connect to your inner child? To listen to my desires is to fully accept that I am not selfish Um, and that I am, that selfish, what we perceive as selfishness is not bad and that what God wants first and foremost is for me to tap into what it is that I want because that's doing God's work. That is doing the mission. And when I silence my personal desires, I'm not just silencing my personal desires, but I'm also silencing God. And so listening to my inner child looks like playing and creating in the way that I do now. I think for me, my podcast and the content I create is completely playing as an inner child. It almost feels identical to climbing a tree. What can we do to help hold space for you and also to help serve you? Thank you so much. That's such a great question. I really believe that if, you know, maybe if there was a part of this conversation that triggered you or made you come from a place of judgment in any moment during the conversation, I think that what you can do for me is just hold the space and see me with eyes of Christ and see me as a human being that's pure in love and in compassion. Because if you, if you felt triggered or, or, or if you felt the inkling of judgment come through, then that is something that you're um, not able to see yourself in the place of compassion. You're not able to see yourself as a child of Christ or as uh, uh, coming from a place of love. So I think just holding the space of my perspective and the journey that I've walked through is huge. I think doing that for everyone really has the power to change the world. So I am Linda. You can find me on Instagram at Warrior. That's L-U-Z warrior and you can find my podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts the name of the podcast is let there be loose and you can find our instagram account at let there be loose thank you so much for listening if you like the episode don't forget to share and please rate the podcast on itunes as it helps get this out there to more amazing women like you and because diversity and representation matter The more we get the word out, the more we grow the number of women of color in the podcast world. Don't forget to sign up for the three-day challenge to getting unstuck. You'll find the link in the show notes.